Hi everyone, Joey here. I wanted to apologize for the tremendously long break in between podcast episodes we've had. Um, this next episode here is uh, was quite a happening actually, and it's long overdue to have released it. We recorded this episode about eight months ago, um, so a lot of the content is clearly dated, but um, it's a pretty special episode, for lack of a better term. It is not a light episode, so if you're looking for something that is on the cheery side or just to kind of, you know, take a walk to, this is maybe not the episode for you. Um, we're dealing with some very personal stuff in this episode, and so things uh, things get heavy rather quickly. So uh, just consider that your fair warning. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to kind of cut here to the original introduction that Lewis and I made for this episode. Uh, it's good to have you back, and uh, we're hoping to crank out some more episodes of The Music Life. So, Joey, um, you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago uh, before you head out, uh, headed out on tour. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't planning on having it either. I, I think things were really busy, and uh, I was trying to get ready for tour, and then you would texted me or called me and said, hey, I really want to get together and uh, do this podcast. Uh, you know, this has been something that's happened in my life, and I I don't want to talk about it over the phone. I really think, uh, you know, it would be helpful for me to, to do this on the podcast. And I, could, I couldn't imagine what that thing was, but I, I sensed the urgency. And uh, like any good friend would do, you responded. I responded, and so we got <laughs> together. And... Uh, yeah, because we were not planning on doing another episode until you returned. Right, right exactly. And so you kind of, you dropped one heck of a bomb on me. And uh, it was, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I had, uh, I had a tragedy happen in my life and Joey had no idea. And because he doesn't check Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't check Facebook. Which I really respect, by the way. <laughs> I think you're awesome for that. There's a couple people I know who don't check Facebook. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it, for me, this was, uh, this was a very, um, important episode for me for the podcast and, and for our relationship, because, um, like I said, something happened in my life and this podcast gave me the venue to talk about it and I'm glad you were there. And so I guess you guys are going to hear Joey, me drop a bomb on Joey and, uh, him not know and him try to regroup as I, uh. <laughs> As I uh, make him feel ever more uncomfortable. <laughs> Lewis had had a couple days to uh, start dealing with himself, but I had... I deal with myself every day, I Joey. Had about, I had about maybe 30 seconds to begin processing. <laughs> you know what? I will commend you on your composure. <laughs> you you were a champ. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, without further ado... Uh, here's, here's me uh, making Joey feel awkward. Yeah, here's what happened. Bye. You're listening to The Music Life, a show where we explore the challenges musicians face, the ways we overcome them, and the meaning of it all. But you, uh, so so you called this. You said you had you had some stuff that has go been going down. Yes, uh, in your life, and yeah, uh, you wouldn't tell me over the phone. You're like, I need to podcast, and I said, Louis, I'm so busy. I don't have a spare minute before I leave. <laughs> I really can't do it. Uh, and then 
something in me was like broke and was like, no, you know what? My buddy Lewis, he ne- he needs this. I know I know how it makes me feel when I gotta dump on him. So let's right. let's let's not this. Uh, Although I always appreciate a hot steamy dump on me. Yeah, you know that's that's kind of my thing. As you so should. It doesn't really count. How often does that get to happen? Anyways, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and so you know this isn't a one way street. Let's let's make time for this. Yeah. Well, you know, recently something has happened in my life, and um, yeah, I thought about. Well, when you texted me the other day and you're just like, hey, you know, whatever, you know, getting ready to go, I just thought, you know, it would be good to it would be good to sit down with you and talk about it. And and that's kind of I guess I kind of realize that's what this podcast is for, in a way, for me. Definitely not for the listener, but For me too. Uh, I, I think because we have this strange uh uh oh. A lot oh, that's that just that's that. this. Yeah, it's just that. Why is that thing so shitty? Why is it so shitty? Okay, cool. Come on, Joey. What the fuck? You're supposed to be like a... Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, um, because of the... Because of this podcast... This podcast makes us purposely sit down and chew each other's ears off. Yeah. And I think outside of it, it's 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 hard to have conversations this way where, you know, I'm, I, I always... Or frequently, I'm not trying to chew people's ears off. I'm still trying not to, but far less. You're just a We're, natural ear chewer. <laughs> I, 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 I Mike, chew on ears. Mike, you're Mike Tyson of, that, uh, <laughs> that's of right. social circle. That's right. And the world is my, uh, uh, who's the guy? Holy, no, yes, Holyfield. it's Holyfield. It's a Holyfield. It is. It is. Um, but I just thought that, you know, I, I totally, you know, would have told you on the phone and wanted to tell you on the phone, but I just figured, you know what? Since we, we've built this kind of long-form discussion format, it just makes more sense mm. to talk about it here. And um, Yeah, so basically what happened is, uh, well, a lot of things have happened, but on Tuesday, my mother died. Whoa. Yeah. Tuesday morning. Lewis. Yes. Big deal, obviously. And um, so, and it's, it's complicated for... Beyond the obvious reasons, a she was my mother and she died. So, you know, anyone out there could just imagine that for themselves. And it's that you know, there's the, there's that part of it. That's number one. Number two, she was fifty seven. She mm. was young. That's pretty fucked up. You know. <clears throat> number three, I haven't spoken to her in basically since the last the last time I remember speaking to her is when you and I were on tour. <clears throat> in Portland, remember the big parking lot across the place where we played at, where we had everything parked? You know, it's the place that yeah. had the, you know, the donuts were around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the last conversation I remember having with her was in that parking lot. And it was bad. Um, because You were my, on bad terms. <clears throat> well, yes. Well, I, my mother is kind of on bad terms with everybody. I mean, that's just kind of the way she lived her life. Hmm. Um I mean, it's, it's even going to be too complicated to really get into fully on this podcast, but my mother is, was a very complicated person, Hmm. um, and virtually alienated everyone around her. So when I was about 10 years old and my sister, my older sister was about 12, we lived with my mother. Okay. She had divorced my father a few years before that, or they got divorced. We lived in the neighborhood we live in now. She remarried some rich Italian guy. So I'm about seven. 
My sister's about nine. We moved to some big house in Westchester. So you were living with your mom. At, I'm you, with my mom got, my, and my stepdad. She got custody. Yes, she got custody. And so I would see my dad on the weekends and stuff. So my mom and my sister and, and my stepfather and me lived together in this big, huge house in Pelham Manor, Westchester. Then we moved to an even bigger house there. Then they got divorced. Hmm. He then kind of, he bought her a house in Florida with me and my sister. She moved us to, to Florida. My father was very upset about that. And then he stayed, my stepfather stayed in New York. He remarried and he just, he's loaded and he's a, he's a millionaire. So yeah. he just kind of supported her. And the weird thing is when they first got married, he made her sign a prenup. Huh? But he said, if you sign this, I promise I will always take care of you financially, but you need to like, let it be on my terms. Yeah. So she signed it, divorced my dad, whatever, whatever. He bought her a place. He got remarried multiple times and divorced multiple times after my mom. Right. My sister and I moved to Florida with my mom. We were there about three months. We lived in the sticks somewhere in Northern Florida. It was awful. We lived mm -hmm. in like a field. And one day there was just some big fight. There was a lot of tension between my mom and my sister, but again, we're young. I'm 10. My sister's 12. Um, and we're in the middle of nowhere. We've got no friends. You know, we just feel like outsiders. Everyone's chewing on straw and you know, no offense to if you're from Northern Florida, but or, if, or if you chew on straw, or if you chew on straw yeah. right? it's just wherever we were, I don't even know where we were, but there was a big fight and it ended up with the police there that night. So that wow, night, really that night we, uh, myself and my sister had called my father here in New York and that's when the cops came and we, my mom, my mother ended up getting arrested and my sister and I stayed with a neighbor. And the next morning we were on a plane to New York and we moved in with my dad. Wow. So a fight started at maybe 6 PM and by 9 AM the next day we lived in a different state. And this fight was between your, your sister and your mother. It mostly? started with my sister and my mother and was anyone else involved? <clears throat> no, it was just the three of us in the house. And my, my mother, like I said, was a heavy drinker. She's always been a big drinker. And she, it started with, there was a, I don't know, like, Something as stupid as there was a mess on the table and she's like, clean this shit up. And my, my sister didn't, or I didn't. And my mother threw everything out that was on the table. And my sister had some stuff on the table that was important to her. I think some letters from her friends or something. So mm. she started going through the garbage. <clears throat> my mother said something about her friends. I don't know, but it resulted in, in a physical fight. Oh wow! And then it was, you know, and there was not, there was not a lot of physical stuff. I guess my mother was like, you know, very like crazy verbally and she would be physical towards my father and my stepfather but like it's not like i got beaten or anything got spanked here and there but this was a like a fight where she was fighting my sister and i tried to do something and my my mother jumped on me mm. and then my sister like fought her and there was heads being banged against the wall and it was a very traumatic experience Man. then the cops come we're out of there and it was just like Boom. Just like that, her world is upside down. Her kids don't live with her anymore. She's divorced twice. She's alone in Florida, and that's it. So I turn around. It's the you know middle of my fifth grade, middle of fifth grade, and, and now I'm in New York. From that point, where my sister's 12 to three, four years ago, she didn't speak to my mom. It's 20 years. My sister didn't talk to my mom for 20 years. Wow. I stayed in touch with my mom. Had your mother made attempts to uh, to reach out to your sister during that time? Uh, her version of attempts. Yeah. I, I, I basically I don't blame my sister for not talking to my mom because my mother would just say just the worst things you could say to to your daughter. I mm -hmm. mean, 
she she had a way with words that was like she would just try to hurt you mm. and she would say you know to her young daughter like you're just you're fat stupid like dyke you know mm. shit like that mm. and um but but strangely she she loved my sister and she was very bitter about you know the divorce with my dad and just life in general that she couldn't be like baby i'm sorry i love you you know can we talk it was just like you bitch you won't talk to me do you know what i did for you like it was very like like that mm. and so my sister from my sister's perspective was just like you know you never apologize it's your fault you know what the fuck so that just kind of went on and on and yeah. on and it wasn't until 20 years later where you know my sister's an adult now and in her 30s and and my mom had sent over a bunch of her old like 80s clothes uh to Erica, my wife, which my wife was like, I'm not going to wear any of this shit. But <laughs> my sister saw the box. She's like, oh, I like this stuff. Like, it's like costume stuff. And and that ended up my my sister talking to my mom again. But so my mom, just to, real quick, the type of person she was, she was like movie star gorgeous. And um, which is probably how she landed, you know, some handsome millionaire in his 20s mm. who, who swept her off her feet. And uh, she was a troublemaker. And mm. because she was so good looking, she could get away with anything. I mean, she would go into bars and slap guys and shit. Wow. And like, just, you know, she, very skinny woman, maybe a hundred pounds. She hopped on top of my dad's car and kicked his windshield in barefoot. Like, she's crazy. Like, so she was a spark plug to say the least. Wow. Yeah. But very, uh, very creative, very, um, um, she's the, she's the reason I'm into music. She was, you know, spent her, most of her time when she wasn't causing trouble, making, making mixtapes and like doing DJ stuff and always turning me on to, to music. That's where I get my music stuff from. Huh. So, um, so 20 years go by, my sister doesn't speak to my mom. I keep in touch with my mom this whole time. As much as I could, you know, I, I'm, so now I'm the only one who talks to her. My father didn't talk to her anymore. Uh, no one on her side of her family was talking to her. Uh, just she, so she had cut ties with her whole pretty much like on and off. As well. Sometimes she'd be talking to her mom. Sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she'd be talking to her sisters, but most of the time she wouldn't. She'd have like three or four friends and maybe one of them she'd be talking to at a time. And, you know, it's just, it's always a rotation of like a few months where there you're talking to her and then like, you know, a few years where. I can't handle her right now. And yeah. that's how everyone was. Mm. I I had a lot of guilt. I'm just like, this is my mom. I gotta, I can't not talk to my mom. Right. But it was, you know, with that comes a lot of uh anger and 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 bitterness and and I'd go visit her occasionally. Well, no, not occasionally, all the time. A few times a year I'd go stay with her. And it would always result in her like kicking me out and um you know, I'd sleep outside by the pool and it always like, I'd be, I'd be in Florida and I you know where she, where she lived yeah. and I'd call my dad and be like, oh, she kicked me out again. And he'd be like, okay. Business as usual. Or sometimes I'd go there with my friends and she'd kick us all out. Is this just because of fights or she was moody or she's drunk. I see. She'd get drunk and she'd get mad at, you know, nothing. She'd be like, your father's a piece of shit. I'm like, oh, okay. He's not here. And I can't, what right. do you want me to say to that? And it was, it's that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, she had a whole story going on in her head that she never got over and just would bring it up now. <clears throat> and then she'd flip between that and like overly, then she'd like talk to me like I'm a baby. Cause she like, she clearly missed the days where I'm like a, a child. Right. She's like, Oh my baby, you know, like I made you this and like, I love you and this and that. And I'm like, okay. 
So, and a lot of those years, I'm in my teen years, I'm like, Ma, shut up. Like, yeah. Don't talk to me like that. I'm like, you know, I got biceps now. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, so a mixture between that and also just being like kind of angry at the whole situation, you know, it's just hard for me to really warm up to my mom and it was hard for my mom to warm up to me. Mm. But, you know, I would always go see her and I always loved her and um, eventually my sister like I said, opened up to my mom and they had a reunion in Florida. And it was very weird, very anticlimactic. It's like, ta-da, here, ma, here's Amber, your daughter, and here's mom. And they were just like, oh, hey, what's up? It was so weird. I videotaped it and they were just like, so you want to watch TV or you want to get something to eat? It's fucking weird. But it was good, though. It was like, you know what? Can't expect, like, oh, I love you. You're it's like, no, they don't really know each other. Yeah. It's like two strangers meeting almost. Yeah. 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 And and um, so they, they kind of worked from there. And my sister was very, you know, cautious about the relationship. But she tried. And, um, and but my mother kind of became obsessed with it. With reconnecting. Yeah. With 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 chasing something with my sister and maybe with me, too, that that was unattainable. But. So the re one of the also one of the reasons my sister spoke to my mother again was because she stopped drinking. There was a period of time where she stopped and she was like almost kind of normal. Wow. And um, so uh, she stopped saying horrible things and like kind of was real. Like when she wasn't drunk, she was like kind of like a regular person huh. for a while. After a while, not so much, but she was kind of just like normal and smart. And so um, one time after that first visit. I think my sister was going to go back the following summer and visit her. Yeah. Um, but something happened where my sister couldn't go. And that crushed my mom. Like, it, it traumatized her because she, you know, just had some sort of expectation. And I guess my sister was very, like, distant in the way that she committed to it and, you know, then rejected it. And just like, no, I'm not going to come because I have this thing going. And I don't know if it was a logistical thing or maybe she just decided she didn't want to go. Whatever yeah. it was, it flipped. My mom flipped out went on a bender again, started drinking mm. again and, and, you know, got worse than ever. Then she, you know, got better again, this and that. Yeah. Um, so most of my life I've spent on the phone with her screaming and, you know, nearing a heart attack where mm. my wife would say like, you can't do this. You're going to get, a, you're going to have a stroke. And, you know, everyone who would see me on the phone with her is just like, it would be these fights that have no logic, and I'd, I'd scream. I'd try to fight my you way get, through. You get you get sucked into it. Yes, it's a vortex. Yeah, yeah. I'd get she'd suck me, and she like would thrive on this. Yeah. You know, because I guess this was the form of attention that I'd be giving her, and she would she would say things to like to poke so that I'd react rather than ignore. I guess right. So better that than than you just be like, all right, bye. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Even though you know, it's not like for her. I'm not saying it's yeah, actually no, better, but I, I think I I think that. That is what she felt. Yeah. But at the same, you know, from my perspective, it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be either of those. It could just be like, let's, let's connect and not have it be like this dramatic thing or not have it me being ignoring you. Because like I said, for many of these years, I was a teenager and wanting to ignore my mom was an, a normal thing. Right. You know, I was also ignoring my dad and just like trying to be cool. So yeah. she probably categorized that stuff as like, you know, my son doesn't, you know, because of everything that happened, my son doesn't love me. Right. Um, and for me, I'm just like, like, like oh. she's viewing everything through that lens. Right. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that's just a theory. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I think. So like, I don't know if I told you the story about in college when she told me she was dying of cancer. 
Did I tell you that? I don't think you told me this. Well, long story short, she told me she was dying of cancer and that she was going to be dead in a few months. And I was on the phone with her all night crying. Like, yeah. oh my God, mom, I love you. Like, I'm coming to Florida now. And like, you know, we're going to spend time together. And, that, you know, I, and, and I was up all night on this phone call and I had a final, an accounting final. Like the, it was daytime now. I was like, I have to go take this test. I was like, Ma, uh, I gotta go take this test. I'm gonna call you back after and we're gonna arrange flights and I'm gonna come to you. Yeah. I take the test. I'm f wired. I feel like shit. Yeah. yeah, you're out of your mind. And then I check my voicemail and it's like, ah, uh, hi, it's me. That's my mom. Uh, you know, I don't have cancer, but, you know, it, it's pretty fucked up that that's the only way I can get you on the phone. And I was just like, what the fuck? Wow. I was like, I've never been fucked with like that. Like, holy shit. So that really. After that, I mean, I was just like, oh, okay, it's that kind of thing. Like, there's there's no rules. There's really. no limits. She, yeah. yeah, there's no limit to how much she will want to manipulate me. And and I also thought it was very sad because it's a desperate cry for for something of me. Yeah. Maybe an unreal part of me, but she wanted me. And that's what she did. She went through went to such extreme measures to get something. And it's very unfortunate. Wow. So... So after that happened, then now everything in her life for me was kind of boy who cried wolf kind of stuff. Yeah. And just like, you, this is going. You, wrote, you would write, you, I mean, how could you not write off every plea? Yeah. Just like, this way. is happening. People are stealing from me. I'm dying of this. I'm dying of that. There's people at my door trying to kidnap me, like all this stuff. And, and I would just, you know, try to just, just negotiate my way through this, just trying to make sense of it without being sucked into every yeah. single vortex when i was younger i would get sucked into everything i'd always be on the phone with cops in florida from new york like this is my mom and there's this piece of shit there not to mention all the trash balls she'd associate with homeless men staying with her and like just like trashy dudes and like you know and i'd have to like i was somehow like oh she'd call me and like speak to my son and he'd be like hello this is bill i'm just like bill uh, who the fuck are you bill and like my mom doesn't want you there so leave no, she took my credit card and she broke my, she kicked me, you know, she sliced my tires. And I'm just like, that's probably true. So sounds like Bill has a point here. And then my mom would get back on be like, you know, why are you slashing Bill's tires? And then the cops would get, you know, it's shit like wow. that all the time, all the time. So this was like normal for me. And then eventually it got to the point where I was just like, like I said, around the time we did a tour, I was just like, listen, this is bad for my health. And like, it's not productive for anyone. Right. It's not helping my relationship with her. So I need to back off for a while. And uh, so I did. And, you know, I would once, I think once in a while, like I called her on Christmas or something and, and um, you know, it just, it would always go down a negative route. And I, and instead of, instead of uh, entertaining it, I would just kind of say, okay, goodbye. And which slowly turned into just not talking to her. So, um, so basically over the last year and a half, she's been, okay. Like I said, this rich guy has been supporting her. So she hasn't yeah. worked. She doesn't work. She's just in an apartment by herself now. And I hadn't heard from her. So she would always call, leave me messages, you know, some Jolly fans out there listening. You probably know at the end of the song, the pattern, there's like a very creepy voice message. It's from my mom. And I guess I kind of did this and I show, you know, I showed it to her. I was like, you know, when you say shit like this, you know, it might end up at the end of a song. Right. You know, and, and thousands of people might hear it. 
Could you make out what she's no, saying? What she it's pretty fucked up. That's fucking. Oh God. That's her saying, honey. She says, honey, you have to tell me how much you hate me. I want you to say, mommy, I hate you. And listen again, knowing that that's what she's saying. Turn the volume down on it, just yeah. a touch. Wow. God. So, so, here's your phone. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so I had been getting calls like that for, for my whole life. And then starting maybe about six to eight months ago, I stopped getting calls and everyone stopped. My, my father would also get calls. My sister would get calls. Everyone would get these, these nasty messages. Yeah. They just stopped. So, to to me, I was like, oh, okay, we're something else is going on. And now the only the only person I know that is in touch with her, as far as I know, is this rich ex stepfather guy because he pays her bills, right? Uh, but he lives in New York and he doesn't really talk to her. But right. he, just, he kind of is in charge of her. Yeah. Um, and he hadn't heard from her in a while. Then I I started to wonder, shit, I don't even know if my mom's alive, and and how would I know if she wasn't alive? Who knows her? Right. You know. Then I found out last week, a few days before I went to Vegas, that she spoke to my grandmother and my aunt. My grandmother lives in Hawaii. My aunt lives in California. I, when was this? Uh, four days ago. Okay. Um, and uh, she said, like, oh, I'm dying of Lou Gehrig's disease, and, you know, there's a nurse taking care of me, and, like, I'm going to die, you know. So, I, so my sister tells me, oh, Mom's alive because she called grandma and said this to her. Oh, what did she say? Oh, yeah, she's dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds like something she'd say. Sounds like her, right. you know, her typical stuff. So good. So for months I figured, oh, my God, my mom might be dead and I don't know it. But And I kept saying I'm going to call this guy Andrew, my ex-stepfather, but yeah. I was just like afraid to. I was just like, I, I just don't want to. And you, I, You're worried you're going to get sucked into some new thing. Yeah, I was just like, I don't want to open I don't want to open Pandora's box. I don't want to know what's happening because it can't be good. It's right. either she's alive and it's horrible or she's dead and that's horrible. Right. So I just didn't. And um, so I found that out. And when I was in Vegas, I was just like, okay, yeah. I was even telling my buddy, just like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't sure about my mom, but I just heard from her. So I'm like, I'm kind of at ease now. Um, but then, so Tuesday, basically I got a call from the, they're like, hi, Broward County medical examiner. I'm just like, Oh God, you know, I know what that is. And cause that's the County she lived in. Yeah. Yeah. And the medical examiner is like, it's not a hospital. It's an examining something. Right. Just like shit. Like, so they're like, yep, yeah, you know, sorry, your mom's dead. And I'm like, what happened? And they're like complications due to alcoholism i'm like okay well, what does that mean like how did she die oh you know she you know she was not in good shape i don't know if you've seen her she's 80 pounds she's got bed sores all over her she's you know she has liver problems pancreas problems all this stuff i'm like okay so it's just like general just bad health like she just died and they're like yeah i'm like all right i don't i don't know i don't know what to make of that but i've been expecting that because she she wasn't taking care of herself. She wasn't eating. She was skinny anyway. And now right. she had issues with her teeth. So she couldn't eat. And she was just like, you know, basically wanting to die. She's just destroying herself. Yeah. And uh, so then I spoke to, there's this one guy that's, 
that was speaking to her. Okay, some random older guy lives in Florida. He's a cab driver. He would stop by her house and bring her groceries and stuff. And he was just her friend. And she she always spoke about this guy. I never met him. My sister met him. But she always spoke about this guy that he was a nice, nice older man. They'd watch TV together. And he would just always like stop by at first as a friend. And I think slowly he kind of became a caretaker in a sense. Um, Because uh, when I last I saw my mama, she didn't really like to leave the house. Like to go to the grocery store was a big deal. And then mm. I think it got to the point where she just didn't leave the house anymore. So um, uh, what do you call it? So he's the one. He, so he called me after I spoke to the medical examiner. He was crying. And I was like, well, what happened? Hey, by the way, nice to meet you, Jerry. And what happened to my mother? And he basically told me he he was there or she called him and he ran over there and she or he was sleeping on the he was sleeping on a, a futon and she was sleeping on a couch next to him. This is what he said. And they were in yeah. the living room. And and she she basically like threw up and choked on it. Aspirated. Yeah. She threw up and and she was lying down and she was choking and he said he picked her up. And he like tried to like squeeze it out of her and you know do what he knows about yeah. CPR or whatever. And he said her eyes just rolled in her head and she just died in his arms. And I'm like, jeez, oh, fuck. So that that's what happened. So yeah, you got that call on Tuesday. I got that call on Tuesday and. So when I heard on Tuesday, so I, like I said, I've been waiting for this call. I've been expecting this, but I am not, I was not ready. I thought I would be prepared, but no. Same with my sister. This has been like the most fucked up thing. Like I mm. lost my grandmother in 2007. She, I lived with her. She was like my mother. So it felt like losing my mother, but you mm. know, it, it didn't because she was in her nineties and she was sick for a while and she was in pain. And when she mm. died, I, I felt relieved. I really did. And I anticipated feeling relieved. And like yeah. I said, my, I made my peace and said goodbye. And I thought I'd feel that way when my mother died. You but thought you had made your peace by, you know, she had stopped hearing from her and you're like, all right, well, I, I need to, I need to be okay with this now. Cause I, I'm not yeah. going to really talk to her probably yeah. until then. Right. And I thought that, I'd be relieved that she'd be out of her pain and all that stuff. And like, um, but no, it's not like that. It's just like, this feels like whatever the opposite of closure is, is what I have now. It's like, how could this be the way our relationship ends? It's so like, I, I guess I've been saying a lot of like these horrible things about her, but like, she was also, she was also obsessed with me in a way, in a motherly way. Yeah. Just like, loved me she's like, still your mother she there's still a, a thing in her that yes and i think like a lot of her craziness comes from how much she, she wanted to be my mother you know there's a lot of parents out there that don't care about their kids and my wife has that her father doesn't give a shit about her or any of her sisters and went and started a new family and doesn't is not interested in anything and and to me, that's that's horrible. That's like the worst thing ever. And I didn't have that with my mom. My my mom, despite all the stuff, always was paying attention to me, wanted to know stuff, and like was very much into me being her son. And that's what she would talk about to everyone she knew. Was like my son, my son, and my and my daughter. You know, mm -hmm. my kids brag about her kids. So she was very very like loved her kids. So the fact that we have this relationship. 
also when I was younger and lived with her, she was very much a mother. She she was crazy, but you know she would check my homework, make me lunch, drive me to school. Yeah, you know, set up sleepovers, birthday parties. She's she was big into holidays, so I have this thing with. Christmas. I told you when I went to your holiday party, like that. I just love Christmas. That's because yeah. of my mother. My, my father's Jewish. We had Hanukkah in the house. But with my mother, not only was it Christmas, it was like Christmas, like all out. Because she would go all out with everything she did. She yeah. was like, she was a like li- she would live like a rock star. She thought she was a rock star. So everything was like times a thousand. Yeah. Christmas when she'd be pissed, she would say the worst things. You know, she'd get decked out, she'd overdo it, costumes and just like, you know, when she decorate everything was like in your face bright like fucking crazy. So so that, that yeah, so huh. that's what I got from her. So she wasn't it wasn't all bad. So I'm left with this like I can't quite compute that this whole drama and this whole story of my mom just ends with her just choking and dying like like hmm. so it's horrible huh man and so now just to make things even more complicated okay i was going to call her this week i'll tell you why because um on thursday i went to vegas on friday yeah i got back on monday Found out Tuesday morning she died. I I was going to call her this week because I was waiting for an okay from a doctor because to, to tell people that Erica's pregnant, which Erica is pregnant. Wow. So I saw on Thursday, I saw my child on the sonogram for the first time, and it was moving and it was jumping. And it was doing somersaults and it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I was I was expecting to just see like a little circle. Yeah. You saw a baby. I saw a person with a head and arms and legs sh- jumping around and shaking. And the doctor goes, all right, well, um, you know, you, you're good to tell people now because you're supposed to wait through the first trimester before, yeah, because there's danger of miscarriage. Yeah, there's a high. But he said, and I see this now. It's good. You're You're basically, for all intents and purposes, you're in the second trimester. So tell people. Five minutes later, my buddy picks up, picks me up, and I I go to Vegas. I stay at his house that night and go to Vegas, and like I didn't even go home. And I, I get home, you know, late late Monday night, and the first thing I wake up to Tuesday is that she was dead. And what I was going to do was tell her she's going to be a grandmother. Yeah, that was that was probably going to happen in a few days. Yeah, and and it's so fucked that I was not able to do that. Not that it would have done anything, but. It's just, it's so weird, the timing of that, that within five days, I saw my child for the first time, and then my mother died in five days. Mm. And when, and I went to Vegas and spent far too much money right in the middle of that. So it's just like, I just feel like I've been like teleported through 10 Jeez. dimensions. And yeah. So I'm trying to make sense of it. So that that's what's going on with me. I hope I don't have to make sense of that for you. Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God, Lewis. I can't. I can't say that that was uh, anything close to what I thought you were coming here to talk to me about. I couldn't imagine that it was anything quite as. What, uh, did, what did you think it was? Did I you have know, any uh, theories? Maybe it was something with your band that uh. you know, or you know, or falling out with a friend. You uh. know, something like you know. Uh, yeah. You know. Yes, but this I, is this is real. That's, like that's about as real as you can get, and I that's think so. 
That's above my pay grade. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Joey. So what's the answer? That's about, well, yeah. I I just don't have words for you, man. I don't. I. You've done nearly eight episodes of a podcast. You're supposed to have answers to these kind of things. Come on. I'm kind of in shock, to be honest with you. Me too. Me too. Me too. The first day I found out this shit, I was numb. And then the second and the third day were bad. And then yesterday, I went out, went and saw Third Eye Blind with my wife. That was fun. It's her favorite band. Mm. And I was out, and I felt good. Yeah. And and today I, I feel good too. I mean, comparatively, um, a lot of phone calls from friends that I haven't spoken to that seem genuinely concerned, and that's just nice. I mean, to reconnect. Yeah. Just oh hey man, I was thinking about you yeah. and. You know, I never thought I'd care about stuff like that, but it, it really... It's interesting, because I'd, I'd felt, for some reason, you know, when I texted you, I texted you kind of out of the blue. I was on the subway, and it's like, I'd been thinking about you. And I was like, you know, I know we said we weren't going to, like, really do anything until middle of July when I got back. I was like, I'm just going to reach out to Lewis, because I haven't talked to him, and I don't know, I just feel like I should... Touch base. Be like... Dude, like you're in my mind. You know? I thought you knew. Like when you texted me, I was like, oh, oh I had no idea. Because I'd been getting texts like that. Hey, man, like what's up? I didn't. I and mean, then you're I, like, how are you? I was just like, oh, wow, yeah, that's. Yeah, I had no. I had no fucking clue. I not a Facebook. I don't go on social I know, media. Yeah, you know? I figured that. So I'm in the. Facebook. I live in a closet, and so that's probably for the better. Man. It's, I mean, look, I'm glad I didn't find out on Facebook. Me too. You know, everyone found out on Facebook. I actually didn't want to post it on Facebook, but my sister did. And then I started to get calls from like my bandmates that saw my sister's post. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit down and call all my friends and be like, yo, what's up, man? It's been a while. My mom died. I'm not going to do that. Sure. That's not a thing to it, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, I guess, you know, fa- Facebook <laughs> makes the most sense for something like this yeah. and word gets around. And, and I, and I knew that actually that you don't go on Facebook and, and I'm glad that you and I didn't sit down and you're like, so I saw this Facebook post. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to just tell you face to face because man. I didn't really, I only had this with my sister. I, I told I'm the one who told my sister, and and I told my wife on text because she was she was at work. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh my gosh, life is crazy. Life is fucking crazy. So it's like I've I've always thought about logically the finality of death with especially with my mother and like oh that's it you know there's no going back blah 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 but. But I can't quite compute it now. Like, I just, it feels like she's alive and it feels like I could call her. Yeah. And it feels like there's more to the story. Yeah. You haven't been able to truly grieve it yet. You haven't, like, seen her. Yeah. Yeah. So, originally, the first thing the medical examiner said was, you need to come to Florida right now. You're the next of kin. There's nobody else. It has to be you. You have to come identify the body. And I'm just like, oh, God. Right. That was the nightmare. That's about the last thing you wanted yeah, to go that'll through. That'll just be burned in my head forever. Yeah. Then they called me and they said, you don't have to do that because someone else did. I guess that Jerry guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you know, you're in charge of whatever arrange arrangements. So so I called a funeral home and they picked her up and they're cremating her. My mom wanted to be cremated and shipping her to me in a box. Like I'm going to get a package in a couple of days and it's going to be my mom. It's like, man. So like, what the f- fuck is that? 
Like, I don't. Oh, yeah. Like, I called yesterday. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, you know, a couple days. You know, she got a package. Okay. Thanks. Bye. God damn it. It's like, oh, and then it's that's like, how that, that's just how that was like, what? UPS is going to come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it's just so fucked up that it's like, is that what it's going to be? Is there really going to be a UPS truck? That's going to be like, can you sign for this? And be like, cool. And, and like, oh God. Oh my. It, it's just fucked. Even when you're talking about the most like personal, like tragedy in your life, you do it in a way that has a, a glimmer about it and you, you have a giggle about it. I don't, I guess you gotta laugh. You have to laugh, I guess, huh? Gotta laugh. What's the alternative to yeah. looking it's at so, the absurdity of the, of so the situation? Horrible. It's just so, it's like, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling how awful it is. Like that it's, it's almost comical how bad it is. It's just like, and and what really is so sad about this to me is like, like I said, in addition to the obvious stuff, my mom, I lost my mom and all that stuff is how, how much her life, how painful her life was for her. As far as I'm concerned, she had like as bad of a life as a human being in any time period could have. She had physical pain. She felt alone. She felt, uh, abandoned. Uh, she felt sick. She couldn't eat. She was sad. Just, you know, no, nothing good. Nothing. Mm. I don't even know if she laughed, you know. She had her friend. Yeah, that's the one thing is that she didn't die alone. Mm -hmm. She died with this guy by her side. I really thank him for that. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And she liked him. I know she liked him. And, yeah. and he was really sad. He was crying. And so that is good. That's actually better than I thought. And he also told me that in the last few weeks... She'd been painting a lot, uh, which is weird. Um, well, not weird, but it's interesting. She she did this a few years ago. Does she? Uh, does he have the paintings? So he has all the paintings um, at his place. He said that she gave them to him, and I, so I'm just gonna go when I go down. I'm gonna go down there and go through you know her stuff. And yeah. Try to get. I know she had a bunch of boxes of pictures and and stuff like that. Mm. And so I'm gonna go get that, and I'm gonna, you know, take probably take a painting from him because you know he seemed like he wants them, and I think that's sweet. I'd like to have one one painting that my mother made, and yeah. they're like uh, abstract, you know, very rich colored kind of thing. Mm. She she did this before, and they're usually pretty dark things. My mom was very like metal, you know, sort of. She was metal, but she was also like she seems like she was flash like, dance. She was just like fucking crazy yeah. and just like in your fiery. Yeah, just like I said, she would go up to guys. I recently I'd be at a bar with her. I'd just turn around. I'd take my mom out to a bar and she would like just smack some guy in the face or uh yeah, do do crazy jump up on stage and like like start taking her clothes off. Like as a band is playing, like shit like that. And then I have to <laughs> you have to go disarm on stage the situation. And I'm just like that sorry, that's my mom. I got to like throw her over my shoulder and take her out cuz she's drunk. So just like the absurd horror of all of this. I'm very sad for her that she wasn't able to really appreciate or enjoy what she had in her life. She has two good kids and, um, you know, I was hoping eventually that she'd be able to come to New York, live near me and Erica and mm -hmm. like have a relationship with her grandchild. That's how I, I, that's how I imagined her salvation. Yeah. You know, like, you know what? 
because I always felt like she yearned for like a young me to be a young child yeah. in a way, and like maybe this would be kind of it w- would would help that. Um, but she just missed it. She just missed it like by by a hair, and and then what's weird now is like my child's life is now very much connected to my mother's death for me. It's yeah. like it's the same thing. It's like it happened at the same time, kind of like. I found out Erica was pregnant a while ago. Right. Um, but the moment April. of realization that this is a real thing was very close. To, yeah, a few days. Yeah. And this baby is 25% right. my mom. And right. that's very strange. Right. It's like right now, my, you know, my mother is in a way inside of Erica. Like, and I'm always going to think of it that way. Yeah. Which I think is good. I think that's nice that in a way she's living on in that way. It's just, sure. You know, too bad she didn't know that. So. Yeah. Man, that's a lot to uh, that's a lot to sift through right there. How, how do we relate this to Spotify? I think that's <laughs> well. We use Spotify to listen to the song. <laughs> that's true. Have, yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah. The music life. Yeah. That makes sense. There you go. That's good. It, that's that's your token music comment. Wow, isn't that interesting? That no ma- matter what the conversation was, we're talking about the most personal thing ever. To really color the situation, we had to open up the Spotify paid app in order to really color what we were talking about. Spotify wins. I guess they win. Fucking assholes. I'm just gonna <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh man. Lewis, I don't even know what to tell you right now, man. Nobody does. I'm I'm grateful that you told me in person and I'm grateful you're here to listen. You know, there's a few people in my life that I consider good listeners because I think it's hard to be a good listener. I always try to be a better listener. It's a it's a hard thing to do, but you are one of them and Joe Riley in my band, mm. great listener. Just the name Joe was. Uh, hey, I yeah. didn't realize yeah, that. There you go. The couple of Joes. Uh, that's a good quality to have because, you know, as you know from me, anyone could talk and anyone could tell you what they're thinking. But listening is is very, I think they, there's some saying about that. Why Wise people listen, don't stupid people talk. Uh, it is, uh, like, th- those who know. Do not say, and those who say do not know. There you go. There you go. Well, I think that's a good quality, and and I appreciate you listening to this in a very real way, and I'm grateful that this podcast at least sets up this this venue for this kind of conversation, just between you and me. Even if nobody hears it, I I wasn't even thinking about anybody hearing this. I don't really care. Right. But just the fact that you and I could sit in a room and... You know, and I could I could vent it this way. I think it's that's pretty cool. I think a lot of people would feel a lot better if they had that in their life. Yeah, and a lot of people pay a lot of money to uh, to someone to listen to them. Yesterday, my wife goes, "You know, you should you should speak to somebody." I was like, "I'm speaking to Joey tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to dump all this shit on Don't Joey. Don't worry, tomorrow. She's like, good. yeah, you should see a professional. I'm like, I'm just going to throw this at Joey. See yeah, what he, he's got the answer. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm. I... Joey's the guy. Don't, honey, don't worry. I'm going to work through my grief. <laughs> Joey's got this. Oh. He's in rain akin though. He's got this. Jesus. So, so what do I do? <laughs> no, what do I do now? I can't even prescribe you drugs. Uh, that's true. That you're I can't worthless. even. I'm worthless to you right now. You don't even drink. Ca- you wouldn't even recommend caffeine. No, you son of a bitch. No, I no, I can't. I can't afford. I can't offer you any uh, any any uh, helpful response other than fucking useless. Then I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. That's about Gee, the best I that's can original. do. For you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> no, I, I I feel fortunate because like I have I I have so many people around me that that are. I really care about me and that that 
that goes a long way. You know, my, it's strange. My, you know, my father hasn't really seen my mom in 25 years or something. And how's he doing with all this? Uh, he's pretty, he's pretty upset. And, uh, I I think that's kind of sweet. I mean, he's also very upset for me and my sister. Sure. I'm sure his heart's broken for multiple reasons. Yeah. But I, he told me that he's surprised at how much this actually affects him. And, and as I was coming here today, when I went to get in the car, he just like ran outside of the front door and he's just like, you know, he just like held me and started crying and just like, I'm sorry, you lost your mom. I was like, that's nice. That's nice. You know, he Mm. really, he really meant that. And because before he was just kind of like, how are you holding up? You know, how are you? And yeah. I, I think he felt awkward, which everyone does. It's like, what do you say? Right. But he really just kind of like let it go. And um, my sister's been coming to me. She's been having a hard time, but she'll just like come to me and like, I need I need to talk to you. And then we talk to each other. And like, my sister's the one who really understands right. better than anyone. My she dad went did, through that with Yeah. Her. It was just me and her. Yeah. And, and she was like my, you know, she was my partner in that. So... I'm thankful for that. I have her. And then, you know, my wife, second, she found out she just left work and she stayed home with me for days. And you know, that, that just goes a long way. It really does. It really means a lot. And like I said, I have friends calling me and then I could come here and I could talk to you. So I think that's the answer. I think, you know, not running away from it and you know, any chance I get to cry, I, I, I do, Yeah. you know, and, and it's good. Yesterday, when I went to the Third Eye Blonde concert, I went with um, my wife's friend from college and her husband, who's a buddy of mine. We all met in college, so I've yeah. known him for a while. He lost his mom a couple of years ago, mm. and he told me like he still hasn't cried, and he wishes he could, and he doesn't know how, and and he's kind of just like hardened to the world. You know, he's had a lot of fucked up things happen to him, mm. and man, I feel bad for him because uh, I I. It's really true, like being able to cry. Uh, it's a weird thing, but that's how you let that out. Yeah, it really, it really goes a long way. And so I, I was able to have a few really solid cries, and mm. and I haven't cried in a long time. It's weird. It's like, what's all this shit coming out of my face? <laughs> it's not puke. So <laughs> I I can cry in a dime. My my pussy. mother's yeah. It's from my mother's <laughs> side actually. Fucking pussy. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Um, you cry a lot? Uh, I don't cry a lot. When's but... the last time? <laughs> 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 no, I want to know. So when is the last time you cried? When's like, the last time? Like, I what cried? is the situation where you cry? Imagine, oh, no, that, no, imagine no, what no, an no, asshole no. I'd be if yeah, I started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're already preemptively <laughs> laughing at me for whatever I'm going to say. <laughs> you're right. That makes me the biggest asshole. Like, I lure you in yeah, with this yeah, sad yeah. story about my mom, and then I laugh at you for it. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, seriously. I mean, like, I cry at movies, watching a Do movie you? by myself, you know, oh, it's, that's, it's emotional. Oh, uh, that's nice. You're sensitive. Yeah. I won't, like, sob, but I'll, but te- you, I'll tear up. And, and you won't like, feel weird about letting it out. No, it's okay. That's, that's see, that's good. You know, I, I'll, that'll I, happen to me sometimes, but I'll, I'll hold it back. I'll be like, no, I don't care about uh, fucking, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt right now. Because <laughs> I usually cry at Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that's, that's good for you because you, you have a certain... Uh, you know, comfort in your skinness, and that that probably comes from that type of you know being free with yourself to allow yourself to cry. I think that that's good. Yeah, I don't feel like I was always comfortable with it. I just didn't have a choice, and I think I'm an, I'm an emotional person, and 
You, you can't change that. If you're an emotional person, you can repress it, but that doesn't make you less emotional. You're just now you're just like shoving emotional shit deep right. inside. I think that's what most guys you know. do. Yeah. I think there's a lot of emotional guys out yeah. there. It's just you're not supposed to show it for right. whatever stupid reason. I don't it really know. fucks you up if you don't it let that out. Definitely. It's emotional constipation. Yeah. It's a bad thing. It's not good. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. That's that's crazy. It's I can't even begin to imagine. So I, I the one thing I could say that I've I guess learned, I mean, it's not really learned because I've heard this before, but like I've had friends who have lost their mother and mm. or lost someone close to them and, and have said things to me. Like my buddy, my other friend who knew my mom, he lost his mom like right around right after he met my mom. Him and I went to visit my mother. Um, he's from New York. Actually, my mom lived in LA at the time. And uh, we went and visited her and she, you know, kicked us both out as she would usually do. And so I was venting all my like anger about my mom to him. Right after that trip, his mother died. Mm. And so he would say to me, like, listen, like, no matter what, that's your mother. And when she's not around anymore, you're going to forget all that stuff. And you're, you're going to wish that you, you know, g- gave it your all, I guess, mm. is what he said. Something like that. Like, it's basically, it's, you cannot imagine what it's like when she's actually not around anymore. Yeah. And that just, I always thought about that. But, and I always was like, okay, I, I, I'm listening to that and I get it. But yeah. like now, I just, as soon as she died, you're I thought of him. experiencing the reality of that. Yeah. I thought of him. And it, it's, it's like, it's just like, oh my God, I wish I could, I wish I could have one more conversation with her. And like, oh, it would, it would, and I didn't think of this while she was alive. That's what's so fucked up. That's what people do. It's like, you take everything for granted. You're do you supposed feel, to. Do you feel guilty? Sure. Sure. I, I, I mean, that's a lot of this is guilt. Um, I'm dealing with it because, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember all of the details of what happened and not just the fact that, oh, that time I didn't call her when I should have called her. But I do know that I pretty much always spoke to her until recently. And yeah. now she's dead. So yeah. that's probably the worst thing uh, that, you know, after that cancer thing where she told me she had cancer i didn't speak to her for maybe a month or something and what were you supposed to do though you know really in a situation like that you you know we live our lives we we can't uh we can't pretend that the people we love aren't doing harmful things to us on a whim that's like well one day this person won't be here anymore and now and then i'm gonna be feeling bad right you know it's like well yeah you know, if your mother tells you she has cancer to talk to you and then tells you, no, I was just, I was just fucking with you. It's like, what are you really supposed to do? You can't feel guilty for being like, you know, I need to kind of like distance myself a little bit, you know? And it doesn't mean that you don't love the person, you know, or care about them, but you realize the damage it does you when you have those interactions. And that's why, you know, you have to protect yourself it doesn't do the person you love any good to just walk out onto the battlefield and let all the bullets fly through your corpse. You know, it's, you're not helping them, you know, so you have to maintain a healthy self. Right. To be able to continue to love them when you can, when you're given the opportunities and that per, only that person can really give you the opportunity to love them. You know, it, that's right. It, it's not, it's not like, uh, that's good advice. Yeah. It, right. She, it it really is about the opportunity that she gave me to to allow our relationship to become something really deep and meaningful. It had um, to be on her terms. 
right? Just the nature of whether she was mentally ill or her alcoholism is what what drove that a lot, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and I think that you were loving, just you were always standing by for when those opportunities came, you know? When they weren't there, there's nothing you can do. You know, when she's being completely antisocial to you and, right. and her family, it's like, what what can you do? What were you? What are you supposed to do? You're not going to fly down there and just be banging on her door and be like, you know. Yeah, that's probably what you would have wanted. But how could you have known if she's kicking you out that, you know, as true. fast as you're there, you know? And and so it's... The, the real, um, the real uh, last falling out happened right before the, the Kindle tour. Yeah. I went down to Florida with my wife and my sister. There's the three of us, and we spent maybe five or so days together, and it was, you know, awkward, but it was good. We mm. went and went to the Everglades, saw some alligators. We got food. My mom had a few fits here and there, but it's just like, oh, mom's being mom. She drank too much. Fine. So then Erica and I left, and we left my sister with my mom for the first... It was This would be the first time my sister was alone with my mom since that incident that happened wow. when we moved. Yeah. But my sister was like you know what? I'm ready for this. Yeah. This is the next step in my relationship with yeah. my mother. Yeah. I'm going to be alone with her. I'm going to spend the night at her place and Lewis isn't going to be there to, you know, in case something happens. So I was like, wow, you know, that's excellent. So me and Erica left. My sister's there. We land in the airport. My dad picks us up at the airport and I get a call from my sister and she's hysterical crying. And she's just like, mom, mom is kicking me out. And saying these terrible things about grandma and calling me this and calling me that. And like, I hear my mom screaming in the background and my sister at, you know, 34 years old is now reverting back to her. That moment that that, after that happened, the original time, my sister was scared of my mother for, for years. Like Mm. she was like the boogeyman until she finally met, saw her 20 years later. And it made her more like, I guess, sad to see her. And she wasn't scared anymore, but now she was reverted back to, holy shit. I remember why I was so scared of this woman. Mm. And my mom was just like, Oh, you fucking, you know, just like, you know, it's horrible. And my, my poor sister was on the phone crying. I have to arrange, I have to now call a cab, get a hotel for her near the airport because her flight is the next day. Yeah. Get her out of there. And she was out that night. You know, the cab came, she left. And, um, and that was really it. I was so mad at my mom for doing that. I was, why would you do that? It was, you, were, you had it. You were there. And Amber made the effort to be with you for that yeah. last night. Why did you have to do that? And that was the last time my wife spoke to my mom. I spoke to her a little after that, but it was never good after that. The last good conversation I had with her was probably on that trip. And and my sister actually surprisingly did talk to her a little more after that. Um while I was on tour this winter, my aunt died, her my my mom's sister, mm. and my my sister called her and told her that I didn't I didn't reach out to my mom, but so there's that makes now there's one left out of five sisters. So my my sister had to tell my grandmother that she just lost another daughter, and now there's one left out of five. She lost the the one before my mom was this winter. The one before that was a year before that. The one before that was when I was in college. She like died of AIDS, and uh, so there's one left, hmm. and that that's my aunt Sally, and she's like all alone now, and uh, shit's fucked up. <laughs> So that was that was the thing. That was the last falling out. And um, you know, my sister has a lot of guilt over that because right at the end, as my sister's getting in the cab, my mom's like, I'm sorry, come back. You know, like 
at that moment. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. And my, and my sister's like, she left anyway. And then we, even when she got right back to New York, she was just, she, she already felt guilty. She's like, she, oh, the last moment she told me to come back. She said, oh, I'm sorry. And I didn't go back. I'm like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. What are you supposed to do that you can, I mean, ugh. That's situation is so complicated. Exactly. It's, it's, it's there's so, no there's no uh there's no right or wrong anymore. It's just like how everything's in, how contradicting. In, how insane are you willing to let yourself become? <laughs> that's exactly that's, it. That's that's, you that's know. it. That's exactly it. Like what what level of insanity are you willing to accept? Because that's the only way you could enter this funhouse of emotions. It's just like it's so crazy. It's like so evil and then so pathetic and so sad and so angry. And and so now she's again thinking back to just like that moment where she got in that cab instead of staying there. Like, right. <sighs> Which and I, you know that's a natural thing to feel that way when you lose that person. But I also think that's a misrepresentation of the way it was. Yeah, because you forget, you for, start to forget the really hurtful things, and you just remember the the, the sad things. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I lost my other aunt uh, in the winter. I didn't know her. She was apparently, she was the crazy sister. Believe that or not. Believe it or not. So I don't know how insane she was because my mom was insane. Wow. But this was the crazy one. I, I didn't know her. But she died of a leukemia or something, mm. cancer. And she has two sons, I think, and a daughter that are around our age. Mm. And I met one son once. I didn't even know the other one existed. And um, my sister now, after this, reached out to them. Well, she told them about my mother dying and then... Today, she had a really long conversation with my cousin, who I don't know, and she doesn't really know, and he just lost his mother, and our mm. mothers were sisters. Wow. And and so he said that she, that, that was like, a, um, she said it was an amazing conversation, and he was really, he was telling her about survivor's guilt, which is what we're talking about, mm. that you start to think, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that, and how he's dealing with it, and and now it sparked her to want to kind of want to reconnect with that side of our family, because this there's all these people, all these other cousins she's yeah. finding of the other sisters that I didn't, I didn't know any of them existed in their thirties and forties. And they didn't know each other existed, even though they're all in California. And it's kind of sparked my sister to kind of like reconnect the family. And, uh, I'd like to see these, these, these guys of, uh, you know, the sons of my aunt who just lost their mother because it's like, what a, what a crazy, what a crazy circumstance because mm. their mother was like my mother and they were they looked the same and they were both nuts and they both just died. And huh, I don't know. It's weird, but it's kind of cool that I guess this situation has sparked that reconnection or that connection for my sister. And that will ultimately be me. Cause I'm not going to make those moves cause I'm a yeah. stupid lazy bastard, but she's making phone calls and connecting with people and maybe set up some kind of meeting. And it's nice. You may, you may reap the benefits of her efforts. And I think so. You know. Cause she'll, Pull me into it. She's yeah. like, Lewis, you know, let's go, let's go do this. And yeah. I'll say, okay, because my sister's really taking a lead on that. My sister's also making uh doing a service, you know, start, you know, coordinating like a funeral service. It's gonna be at my house, but um, she just was like, Here's what I'm gonna do. And I'm just like, awesome, because I couldn't do it. And yeah. you know, I don't know what I would do. And my sister's like, here's what we're gonna do. My friend is gonna do the service and we're gonna do this, and it's gonna be here, and here's how I'm gonna decorate it. And uh I give her a lot of credit because you know, she's she's stepping up and uh it's helpful for me. Yeah. Well that's why we need each other. Yep. You know? It's not uh it's not meant for one person to bear that burden. 
So what's going on with you, Joey? Nothing. <laughs> nothing nearly as uh, what, what are you up to? Sad. <laughs> <laughs> anything? Uh, nothing as sad as that. Uh, anything of note? You're going away on next week on Wednesday. I'm having trouble flipping it off. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> you're you're a you're a resilient human being. You know, you came here. You so. You you may have you know you got the call on Tuesday, but I just got the, that's the true. news. That's right. I'm being insensitive. So. <laughs> I'm being insensitive. You're right. That's, Be more sensitive right. when you're telling me <laughs> about your your mother's losing your mother. You're right. I'm fucking selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. I'm an asshole. God. <laughs> if I only knew what it was like. <laughs> you don't even know what it's. Do you like. know what it's like being told by you? <laughs> that's good. That's good. That'd be a good skit. Do you have any idea what this feels like? You're an inspiring person to me because because of your resilience and not, and not because I think you're just, you know, um, you know, you, you obviously don't have the answers. You you're you don't know what the fuck's going on, but uh, but I but considering what you've been through, you're keeping it together. I'm trying. And I don't think it's all because you're great, but I think you're surrounded by great people. Yeah. I really do think that's you know, that's why. Who are who are who are sharing these burdens with you. Um, and I think that's really cool. It is. It I is. think this is a positive thing we can take from if there's a positive thing we can take from this is look how blessed you are to be surrounded by people like your father and your sister, your wife, you know. Yeah, it's really true. You're your unpaid therapist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Underperforming, by the way. Well, what do you expect? You get you get what you pay for. Don't worry, I'm honey. Sorry. I got Joey. Yeah, I got Joey. He's it's gonna cool. he'll just say yeah a he's lot. He's got a Neumann. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got Pro Tools, don't worry. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I I did I do feel that. I feel I've also felt that with uh, Hurricane Sandy. You know, when when something tragic happens and people like come out and they're concerned and they try to help it. It's just so nice. It's just like, man, people are, people are, are good and it's, it's sweet. And, and I do feel a, a warmth, you mm -hmm. know, since this has happened just from everybody, yeah. you know, I'm getting a lot of like calls that are, they're not just like, Oh, you know, my condolences, like, like genuinely concerned people. And I'm like, man, you know, there's some good people out yeah. there and that it goes a long way. I, I, I can't complain. I, I'm, I'm surrounded by love and I think love conquers all and you know, life is hard and you know, I, I feel bad that my mother probably didn't feel loved, but I loved her and I love her and some people die and they're not loved. And you know, fortunately she's not one of those people. Yeah. People miss her. People mm -hmm. are upset and, um, and she'll live on in, in so many ways, you know, that she's such a big part of me. It's like uh, so much of my personality is from her, both the good and the bad stuff. Like I, I'm, my personality is so much built around tr my arguments with my mom that I've been having since I'm a child. The way I think, my the way I think logically is about is based in trying to explain things to my mom. You mm. know, futile efforts, but I just I attribute so much of my personality to my mom in so many ways, and I'm grateful for that and i'm going to make sure that my child and my children know all about that and you know she'll she'll live on in her own way yeah 
Man. Well, thanks for sharing, man. Of course. Thanks for listening. Of course. What else am I going to do? I don't know. Fucking do whatever the fuck you were doing in the <laughs> room before. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Eat hot dogs and drink, eat uh, hot dogs drink and bubble eat water. So I'll say that's I I have a headache now. Now that now now the hangover is it's it wasn't you dumping the very very heavy emotional stuff on me. Now I have a headache. From, it, wa- it wasn't you. It was the hot dogs. Yeah, yeah it was the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't, give, I didn't give you a headache. It was the bubbles and the hot dogs. Yeah, it's yeah. the sodium. Let's be honest. You know that's Probably. the problem when you eat all that sodium. You're on the sodium. With the beer, kick. I believe you though. I'm just saying. Just think about it. I believe you. Because, you, you know, they usually say when you're hungover, drink a bunch of water because you're dehydrated. You need electrolytes. Well, if you're also eating a bunch of salty shit, that just makes it worse. That reverses the process. It does. So it probably makes you more hungover to eat a hot dog. Yep. Wouldn't you say? Isn't that logical? <laughs> I would hit the table for that, for that point. Yeah. And that's that's the point I'm going to make. That's what this all boils down to. If you're going to drink a beer, don't eat a hot dog with it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the moral of this whole podcast. That's it. Yeah. Watch your sodium intake. All right, show's over. Bye. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. I don't know. Is there anything you wanted to add? I guess I don't have anything good to say. I'm still. I'm processing right now. So. That's right. I'm still so, being yeah, insensitive. Yeah, 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 it's okay. It's okay. No, I. I, I look, no one. <laughs> no one has the answer. <laughs> Nobody's got the answers. No one knows what's going on, and it's just. It's just a. It's. It's a, like I said. It's a listening thing. Yeah. You. You list. You know. Yeah. In situations like this, like you listen that. That's the best thing anyone could do for me. Yeah. Is listen to my yammering. It's good. And it's you good. Know, there are no answers. Nobody knows what it and, is. And and time heals all wounds and and time keeps on ticking. That is true. We're yeah. getting old. So we better conquer the world soon, Joey. Yeah. When you get back from uh, Saskatchewan, wherever yeah. the hell you're going. <laughs> I'm just I'm just hopping over to Saskatchewan real quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you're done with whatever it is you do, <laughs> whatever. It, I'm a puppet show. Is that what you're doing? The dance? I'm a marionette. Yeah. Doing marionette show. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever yeah. thing you've got going on, uh, then we'll uh, we'll resume. take over the world. Yeah, we'll resume because that. The clock conquest. is ticking. Yeah. It's always ticking. It is. Shit just goes on. All right, Lewis. Sorry, I'm sorry. I feel I feel I've inadequately. Uh... I, honestly, uh, this was great for me. And, okay, and like that's I said, all I care about. This was that's great. Uh, I'm glad I was able to speak with you. And like I said, when when th- when I thought that I wanted to come here and do this podcast, it really it gave more value to the podcast for me. It's like, oh, like what do I have to deal with this in my life in general? Yeah. And one of those things was this podcast. That's great. And that's that's awesome. And I never I never anticipated that when you and I decided to do it. It's just yeah. like cool. Let's talk about like how to make music videos right. or whatever. It's a nice byproduct of this idea. And it's have. way more important. Yeah. I think that that's maybe why you and I have have like I don't know stuck with this thing because it's just like it's 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 own strange thing that just allows you and I to yeah. you know puke our emotions on each that's other. True. It's, it's very helpful. <laughs> it's like a floral uh, covered in. Uh, Plastic wrap, you know, it's an easy cleanup. Right. You know, there you go. Yeah. That is what it is. Yeah. Or like one of those shitty couches. That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Well, well, hopefully our listeners aren't uh, 
slitting the wrists right now. <laughs> too bummed. Like, man, that show was really good. They had they had the guy from Banjo Jack on. Yeah. They had that funny guy with the laser beams. But then in episode eight, <laughs> it takes a really morbid turn. I had to stop. Yeah, seriously. What is? I I feel I talk. I am insensitive. What is no, the you're listener? Not, you're not insensitive. The listeners just they're listening. They're petrified. Yeah. First, all, you got Hey Monet. All five of our listeners right now are just like staring at why. Just dead eyes, mouth open. But wait, let, let's leave this with a positive note. Okay, let's Listen, do that. Erica's pregnant. Okay. That's pretty insane. I did reveal that I on didn't, the show, yeah, too. Yeah, and I, it was in such a context that yes. I couldn't even be like, yeah. oh, congratulations, yes, that's so great. I know, but but this is you finding out for the first time. This is exciting. I'm going to be a father in New Year's, uh, around New oh Year's. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I'm so excited for you guys. And I'm like, oh, actually, I should. I have a picture of child. Okay. Give and me, show me the child. It's a. Uh, it's pretty fucking um, awesome. But the the way this thing was moving, you know, I'll actually I'll send it to you later because I I have a YouTube video of the screen. It's like I could not believe it because she's uh, 12, 12, 11 weeks pregnant. You know, that's. That's not really much. So I thought, like I said, I was going to see a little spot. And they would be like, there's like, you know, the spleen. And that's all that's developed so far. Just a, just a spleen. Oh, it's all it is. But it was a... Look at this thing. It looks like an alien. But you see a head, oh, wow. a stomach, a hands, and legs. Look right? at that little thing. And it was going like... And then it like it flipped to its... And then it hears a, at its side. It's... See now that's like that's its head looking down and that's its wow, back. Wow, that's a thing. It's a, a person. It's and a that's, person. That is like inside my, your wife's belly. Like, yeah, like right, right next to all the quinoa and the fucking <laughs> <laughs> whatever the hell Kale. else, disgusting veggie burgers. But isn't that crazy? That's that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a, gonna so be cool. a daddy. You're gonna be a dad. It's pretty awesome. Cool. I'm excited. You should be. This is so cool. It's it's cool. See, that was a nice show. That's right? a nice. That's a nice way to end it. Good. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> will you keep listening, please? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Until next time. Shows over. Bye. Bye. Do you want to internet us? Check us out at themusiclifepodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Check us out on all that social media crap.